This is episode 113 of Two Views Movies on Ad Astra. Wanna ring the bell? Alright. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are talking Ad Astra today. This was probably the official kickoff of Oscar season, I would say. Something we were both hyped for, something we thought would would get some Oscar nominations eventually. Still might. I don't know. But uh, I feel like it's the first real big kickoff of the the good movie season. And after we saw that, did we move it to Rambo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as much as I have thoughts about Ad Astra, I am not nearly in the realm of what I felt about Rambo Last Blood. So that was a, a positive. So thing. maybe we just moved the line to what? Joker? <laughs> as a kickoff to Oscar, <laughs> yeah. Oscar season? Well, I mean, no, I still feel like you get Brad Pitt in space in a serious movie, not something like Armageddon-ish. I think it's the kickoff for Oscar season, regardless of how we feel about it. I feel like that's the type of movie that that gets the ball rolling. That's true. That's true. All right, so let's get started. But before we dive in, how about a quick word from this week's sponsor? This episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company may be attained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. Thank you to Buffalo Funds once again for coming back as a sponsor. Their their second time around here with Two Views Movies. Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely. And we are going to go ahead and get this started because... You're going on like two weeks of not having seen this movie, and I'm going on one week of not having seen this movie, and I'm going to see how impressed we can be with each other for how much we can remember about this This movie. This is three weeks for me. Three weeks. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw the the screening, which was a a week before. Okay. So, yeah. It's been a couple days. Yeah. So we're going to be challenging each other here, and I think without giving too much away, it's... um, the film makes it even more challenging to talk about it once you're a little bit removed from it because it's not not very memorable to me. So having <laughs> having teased that a little bit, let's just get right into it. Letterbox blurb. An astronaut travels to the outer edges of the solar system to find his father and unravel a mystery that threatens the survival of our planet. He uncovers secrets which challenge the nature of human existence and our place in the cosmos. Directed by James Gray, who has directed The Lost City of Z, The Immigrant, We Own the Night, and The Yards. Cast is Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Nega, Donald Sutherland, and Liv Tyler. So now that I got my initial shot out of the way, you have one of your own? Uh, I do, but I had a question for you before we get too far in. I was okay. wondering, if uh, did you see the first one before, uh, before you saw this? The first one? Yeah, Space Cowboys. <laughs> 
so in your mind, you, you like this as a direct sequel to Space Cowboys. Oh, absolutely. You have uh, Tommy Lee Jones, which I think they took a picture from Space Cowboy. Oh, sure. In, and put him, I think that was direct from the movie, or at least the set, when he was in his astronaut suit before. Totally. But wait. And then you have his, then you have his buddy Donald Sutherland in there. Yeah, but didn't, I mean, okay, so I'm going off of, I mean, Space Cowboys was like 2000, 1999 Sure. Okay. Didn't Tommy Lee Jones die in that movie? I don't know. Okay. I think he did. did. He? I think he did. Yeah. Are you putting die in air quotes? Because uh, <laughs> maybe he just went out into space. <laughs> well, okay. That, uh, yeah. All right. You might be onto something there. No, I, I don't remember Space Cowboy. I don't even know if I've seen the whole movie. Okay. So if he died, spoiler for Space Cowboy, and I apologize. Yeah, no, I, I can't remember. It's been a long time ago, but I feel like that might have happened. But it's really honestly not worth revisiting Space Cowboys uh, to go find out. <laughs> well, no, I didn't uh, I didn't think that. Then I saw Donald in it, uh-huh. and then I saw the picture of him in that suit. And I go, I've seen that before. Yeah. And then when Donald showed up, I was like, hmm, that's Space Cowboy. Yep. Cowboys. I, I wonder if like they had to go track that down in some Hollywood archive somewhere. Like, hey, did you guys have that picture of Tommy Lee Jones somewhere in a NASA outfit? Like, because in two thousand, you know, maybe it wasn't like saved on a computer file. It's just like you know they had to go track down the actual picture. That that would make me happy. Well, I did look it up, and it's not the same studio. So I wonder if it was a set picture or somebody had to get paid for that. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. I'd, I'd love to see a behind the scenes on the Tommy Lee Jones picture from Ad Astra. Maybe there is a Sony, you know, Disney Spider-Man type, <laughs> you know, shared shared yeah. rights for, for that picture <laughs> <laughs> so they could use it in the movie. That'd be great. So, <laughs> so my initial thoughts were I had a good ramp up and it was not what I expected from the trailer. Okay. Uh, and so I, I enjoyed the... Um, him getting to the moon, him, uh, I guess this, this strange explanation of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand what was going on other than something's happening at the end, edge of the solar system. And Tommy Lee Jones is out there and has a, I, I'm waiting for something bigger. Yeah. Okay. And, and I liked all of the buildup to Brad Pitt's character. I like him obviously as an actor, he's just awesome in everything that he does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was really thrown for a loop, uh, midway through, I thought I was going to get a completely different movie than what we actually got or what was advertised when, uh, rabid baboons started killing people. <laughs> I didn't mind that. I mean, no, I didn't, I didn't mind it either. I was yeah. like, okay, different. This is where are we going with this? Nowhere. I mean, not with it, that particular right. thing. I thought they'd be stranded and it'd be a kind of a different type of movie stranded between earth and Mars. You know, as another rescue stranded type movie. Sure. I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen there. Okay. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I feel like this movie borrows slash steals slash pays homage, whatever you want to call it, to several different space movies from like the last four or five years, but doesn't do any of it as well as each of those individual movies did it. So, um, do you have examples of such things? Yeah, I do. So, Gravity. Okay. Because I mean, it's you, in space. Well, it's in space, <laughs> and there's a little bit of a disaster. I mean, that opening scene kind of feels very gravity-ish, right? When he's on okay. the space yeah. elevator. Yeah. Um, the Martian with the whole, you know, you're kind of stranded a little bit. Now, Brad Pitt's never really stranded on a planet. He's more just stranded in space. But some of the sciencey stuff just it, it kind of felt Martiany to me. Okay. And, 
Interstellar because I think you can see where Interstellar tried to go for like the human emotional connection and us traversing the stars and, and bringing that back to one family. And they did that in Interstellar. And obviously this has a, instead of a father-daughter from Interstellar, now it's a father-son in, in Ad Astra. And then I feel like it's got a bit of 2001 to it where it tries to be a little bit um, more... What do I want to say? Heady. Uh, Heady. Yeah, thank you. That's actually where I was going. I was trying to find a different way around it. But it doesn't quite do any of that as well as all those movies that I named, if that makes sense. Um, yes, I get what you're saying. I think you're you're forcing a few of those, but I get the part of what you're saying there. Sure. Okay. Which ones am I forcing? I think Interstellar. I think because you had in your brain that this was Brad Pitt's Interstellar and you were really excited for another Interstellar. And so that was on your mind as you were watching it. That's where I think wow. you got Wow. Okay. So from everything I've read, I do not think that I'm on an island there. I think it is getting a lot of comparisons to Just because you put it out there on everybody else's Twitter feed doesn't mean they're all talking <laughs> No. I, I'm talking like other <laughs> reviews and everything I've read. And I, I'm surprised that's the one you would say I was stretching because I feel like it tries to be that in so many ways. Like Interstellar, they're leaving because the Earth is dying. With this one, they're trying to find life. And instead, you it, it builds towards the human emotion. So what we're supposed to take away from Ad Astra is that there's nothing out there. So we need to all take care of each other and love each other. And, you know, no matter how far you travel across space to reconcile a relationship with your dad, um, you know, that connection may not be there. Whereas interstellar was very much about, he was doing it for his daughter and love is what brought everybody kind of together in the theme. Cause it was Anne Hathaway's character that was going after Matt Damon's character. And it's, uh, Matthew McConaughey's love for his daughter that keeps him going. So I felt like they are directionally very similar, like trying to kind of go for the same theme using space as the backdrop. And I just feel like Interstellar does it better. I think Interstellar does it all better than this. Yes, I'll well, give you that. Yeah, I agree with that too. <laughs> Not like you were ever going to get any pushback on that. But, <laughs> but but my broader point, I guess, is that by by doing a little bit of what feels like each of these movies, but not excelling at any one thing, I kind of felt like this movie just landed in no man's land. Like I walked away not really feeling anything about the space sciencey side of it. I walked away not really feeling anything about the father son relationship. Like I, I just, I kind of just left the movie being like, hmm, all right then. Well, that that's that. Yeah, I felt it was very anticlimactic. I thought they yep. had a good buildup, and we got to Tommy. And even once we got to Tommy, his story was kind of intriguing. Of mm-hmm. he killed them all. Um, even if his rationale was, you know, what any sort of way different than what it was. Like, again, I, I was hoping for more, not necessarily a twist, but something of why we're out here. Right. Um, and then he just kills himself. Yeah. And like, it's like nothing happened out here. You know, he they mm-hmm. went out there, blew it up and came home. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's the thing with that. Like, I did feel like it was all building towards something and I never really felt like it was overly suspenseful. So it, I feel like it set its arrow in the very beginning saying and, and telling you very early on, here's where we're going. Cause they don't beat around the bush with the fact that he's going to track down his dad, right? They don't right. keep that a secret. So I feel like they say, here's the goal of the movie and they just kind of walk towards that goal and never really take you on any detours or leave you in suspense about anything or throw you for any curves. They just, it just kind of, 
goes along at a leisurely pace and checks this one off the box and checks that one off the box. And when I kind of got done, I was like, all right, well, I mean, yeah, you, you, you did what you set out to do, but it was in the most, I don't know, uninspired way possible. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like very, very, very straightforward. Yeah. And, and truly I was on board, you know, it's, it's a slower movie than I tend to prefer. Um, but I was, I was on board cause I thought it would be smarter than it was. And it left Agreed. me, and it left me very flat at the end. And so all the way up until where he is talking to Tommy Lee Jones, I'm hook, line and sinker. I'm there, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. What's, what's going to be the thing is Tommy Lee Jones doing this on purpose that affects the earth. Does he even know that it's happening is, and it's like, oh, I've been trying to fix it. And I was like, oh, okay, it's a different kind of twist. Now, now what's going to And he's trying to fix it, but they're just going to blow it up. And he's going to go home. Anyway. And it almost felt really forced. Like, it, it almost got a little laughable in that end where he's trying to save him. And then he's jetpacking away from him and pulling him with him. And then, you know, after he lets Tommy Lee Jones go. And I didn't really feel anything in that scene. I'm like, I know I should probably feel upset that this didn't go the way Brad Pitt wanted it to, but I kind of don't. And then he spins around on that little satellite thing and then propels himself through the, the rings of Neptune. It just, it got really hokey and a little over the top there. And I should have felt emotionally for the relationship. I should have felt like all inspired by him using a little Captain America shield to run through the, the rings of Neptune. But I just didn't, I was like, Ooh, we're, we're, we're going a little jumping a little, a little bit of a should, here. uh, should you have felt something for their relationship? Cause they didn't, you know, that they didn't have any emotion towards each other. So why should the audience? I actually think that's a really great point on your part because I think that's part of why it falls flat because I think you're supposed to start feeling for Brad Pitt by that time because like when he finally breaks down in the sound booth when he's recording his message and that he really does want to reconnect with his dad after all those times of him saying that he didn't really care and he's they show him as completely emotionless and can keep his heart together his heart rate down you know he's this emotionless guy but then he starts to crack under the idea of wanting to re you know find his dad and do, bring his dad back but then you know he's obviously clearly let down because his dad's like i never loved you didn't want to be here or whatever and i think you're supposed to feel a little bit of brad pitt's pain i mean he he screams after his dad gets let go for a reason right i think you're supposed to feel something there but i don't think the movie does a good job of making you feel that emotion at all no i, I agree I agree completely. Just think about Interstellar, which I, I know I'm going to keep going back to that, but <laughs> always, regardless always of what you back to right. Interstellar, <laughs> right? But regardless of what you think about that movie, I think most people would say that scene when Matthew McConaughey gets back on the ship and it's been 27 years and he sees the video of his daughter who's age and he starts crying. Like everybody's like, "Oh, that that's a good scene," and there's just nothing even remotely like that. And I think they wanted you to feel something there, but you got nothing. Yeah, I definitely didn't have any feelings one way or another for either character. Um, mm-hmm. I again, I thought the the character bond was really gonna start there when we were on uh, Neptune, I guess, outside of Neptune, mm-hmm. and something again. I, I just I wanted something to to put my sink my teeth into as far as plot wise, or gosh, that was really smart, or that's not something that I had considered, you know of. Whatever he's doing with the antimatter, is that what he's messing around with? That, that yeah, they just kind of right. throw that out mm-hmm. there of something's happening with that. I was like, okay, we're going to get a little bit more explanation on why that's causing blackouts across the solar system. Um, but they, they right. didn't at all, you know? And so, <laughs> right. and so then you have this, uh, 
Donald Sutherland is kind of he's the dad's friend, but you kind of also feel like mm-hmm. there's some undertone of conspiracy going on of when he gets to Mars mm-hmm. and they don't let him know things and they're trying to cut him out and he has to sneak on the ship. So like, what's, what's really happening here? And nothing, nothing oh, really. God. It's a, yeah. just going to blow it up. The whole, like, we're not going to let you on the plane. Cause you're like, it seems like you're emotionally compromised now, or maybe they thought he would become emotionally compromised, but they don't really let you in on what's happening there, which causes him to kind of spiral out of control. But tell me you had, a movie logic problem with him sneaking on that ship. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was edited so bad in the sense that I can't imagine the script says, Hey, the rockets are 30 seconds from firing and Brad Pitt's going to climb up right where the rockets are supposed to be firing and get on the ship just as it blasts off. Like, that cannot have suspenseful. Been I thought he wasn't going to make it. Well, but then they, I mean, I think they're, well, right. I mean, clearly he's going to, but the editing was so bad because the rockets are about to fire and then they cut away from it and the rocket fires and then Brad Pitt's in the ship. You're like, did you just not want to show me how he got in the ship? Because it's a really hard problem to solve that somebody could breach the right. ship like five seconds before <laughs> liftoff. I don't know. I, I hated that scene just because. Again, I'm not one to pick apart movies like that, but don't do something so egregious that you make. And, me do and it. really, most of Mars sucked. Yeah, I, I agree mean, with that I too. like uh, Ruth. Um, I watch her. Uh-huh. Oh, she's in Preacher. She's Tulip in Preacher, and I really like her as an actress. Okay. And I was like, okay, you know, I didn't know she was in this before. Um, before she popped up on screen, and so I was on board with whatever she was gonna give us, and. Nothing again. Nothing really. She was born on Mars. Like okay, Mm -hmm. there's people that are born on Mars, and we're just it's just another stop. We stopped on the moon, then we stop on Mars, and again, it 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 just seems like we're just gonna move to the next checkpoint and keep going. Uh huh. Something interesting I'd read as I was doing a little bit of digging about the movie. Apparently, in an early version of the script, Ruth is Brad Pitt's half sister. What? So I think the idea is that Tommy Lee Jones on some of his journeys when he left his family got Wait, when, where did you see this? Um, I, I read it in some articles or online somewhere. It was just an early draft oh, of the script okay. that had that. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, did they say that somewhere in there? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that's an early draft of the script, so that didn't make it into the movie. And, and something else I actually heard was that um, I think either when early footage of this was shown or something, or and definitely in the script, Liv Tyler's role did not exist. Did she, was she distracting? Did you feel, did you feel Armageddon? (laughs) Yes. On the screen and in space and and we're just back to Armageddon again? Yep. And then I just didn't think she added anything. I think she was supposed to show, I I think she was supposed to add a little bit more to Brad Pitt's character that he's so stoic that he lost a relationship. And then in the end, once everything happens with his dad and there's no alien life, then he has a new perspective on life when he comes back. So I guess they felt like they needed a Liv Tyler character there to help illustrate that uh but overall i didn't think she really and added to be anything. honest i forgot she was in this movie until you just said that and then sure reminded me of my uh <laughs> yeah those thoughts so what was your thought on so i i know that you said the ending felt a little flat and i will say that i agree with you but at the same time can something be so straightforward that it becomes subversive meaning that 
he d- he had no relationship with his dad. He goes all this way to find his dad, and his dad shoots him down in two minutes. And then the whole premise of his dad's mission and everything that's been happening is that they're searching for uh, life beyond our planet, and then there is no life beyond our planet. So it felt like they went so straightforward with it that it's it's almost a t- not a twist, but it, like I said, it's almost subversive by being so straightforward because well, nothing see, happens. I I guess. You could say that. Um, (laughs) I almost wish they would have gone the route of Tommy Lee Jones is so obsessive about finding life that he didn't care about the blackouts that were happening or the effects that it was having on the universe. But he knew it. He was, yeah, I know about it. I'm trying to fix them. And so I was like, "Uh, uh, okay. So he's not doing it on purpose. He's not, it's not a side effect to his mission. He knows about it. He's trying to fix it. And that's just the least of the three choices that's entertaining. You know, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. like, yeah, but every time I send out a probe or whatever to, to find this new universe that I'm discovering, it has backlash and it's hitting the rest of the solar system. But this is more important than a few blackouts back home, even though people are dying. You know, you, you kind of have that right. mentality and have Brad Pitt have to do something about it. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Make some conflict. No, I, I like that. Yeah. Because I, I felt the same way. I between the there's no life out there and that makes Brad Pitt realize that our lives are even more special kind of thing. Like that's a fine message. I'm actually okay with that as opposed to every other movie where it feels like we do actually find life or we do actually make it to a livable planet like in Interstellar. I'm okay with like this stark reality of there's nothing there. This is it. This is all we got. If you make it resonate, but it just, like you said, fell flat. And so I, I like the ending because it's completely not what I thought. I thought like when they got to the ship, there was going to be aliens on the ship or something like that. Or more so rabid baboons. They didn't go that route. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? No, like I, I expected something big to happen. And while I kind of don't like that nothing happened, I also kind of respect it for being so straightforward. It's just they needed to have told that story better so that it hits home more. And another question I have for you, like, I thought they were making Tommy Lee Jones out to be some super villain. I'm like, dude's sitting there firing antimatter at Earth to make blackouts. Like, I felt like that was going to end up, like, they were positioning it that he was doing it right. intentionally, which would have been better. I thought they were going to do some twist where it wasn't intentionally. You know, again, some, and then they had to talk it out of some, but at least have him do it on purpose versus, oh, it's just broken. Yeah. I'm trying to fix it. You know, that's that's <laughs> right. the least of the cool options or entertaining options. And when they showed his eyes, like, black in the, all the recordings, it's like, that was a really cool look for old Tommy Lee Jones, who has mm-hmm. still looks the exact same he did 30 years ago, by the way. Right. I mean, Poor guy. he has looked 70 since The Fugitive. And I, I would love to know, do we know how old Tommy Lee Jones actually is? Because, I, you know, he's looked that age for so long, like you said, that I question whether or not like the logistics of him being brad pitt's dad like i, I just wonder how that works out <laughs> well of course you could so tommy lee jones is 73 years old and brad pitt is 55 so actually it's pushing it it's pushing it, it's pushing it. <laughs> well it, it's pushing it the wrong direction like i was almost thinking that like tommy lee jones was significantly older than brad pitt but no it's actually like if we're using their real ages like Tommy Lee Jones would have been 18 when he had Brad Pitt, which yeah. is feasible, but, you know. But, funny. yeah, Tommy Lee Jones has looked 73. He looks exact same as he did in 1990. So, uh, yep. poor guy, but I guess he's aged well once you hit 
his peak, you could say. <laughs> yeah. He just got there faster. Yeah. <laughs> like the difference between Tommy Lee Jones is, you know, 49 and 89 is going to be arguably the smallest. In I'm human surprised history. they didn't uh, cast him in the new Will Smith movie, Gemini Man, because I think it's the opposite uh, effect. Because like Will Smith looks, <laughs> it looks the same as he did when he was 20. And so it doesn't, the de-aging uh-huh. doesn't quite work. But then when they, they bring in Tommy Lee right. Jones and try to DA gyms, like, well, you did look like this 30 years ago, but the audiences aren't going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Clearly, I'm running out of things to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're uh, we're there. I don't think we can beat this one any more than we have. It's pretty clear where we stand. So let's just get on with our questions. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? What did you give it and why? Oh, this was tough for me. Um, so much of me wanted to like this. I think even you thought I would come away liking this one. And I will say I'm anxious to see this again because I do feel like I should like it. I'm a sucker for space movies, heady space movies at that. But for all the reasons we said, it just didn't quite work for me. Uh, not so much to the point where I could dip down into like two and a half because I liked the visuals and stuff like that. I will tell you, it, it felt like it was missing a really great score to me, um, which I think goes a long ways in space movies because space can be so dense and everything. But I'm at a three. At a three. So I did think you would like it because I didn't like it very much. So I assumed that you would like it. Um, so leaving there, mm-hmm. I feel like this something Garrett's going to come back and say oh absolutely love the way they did x and i'm like i just don't see it right i just don't see it but i did i mean the performances i can't argue with that uh i saw it in imax which i think all space movies you should see in imax because it was agreed it it just enhances the experience i think if i watched this at at home or on a normal screen i'd be much lower than what i was but uh you know brad pitt he just continues to bring it and i'd like to go back and see the last Mm -hmm. brad pitt movie that wasn't good um, or at least that he wasn't good in it. We'd have to do that experiment sure. someday. Um, but I landed on a three as well. Okay. So we're even on that one. Uh, quick question even. since you brought this up. Did you like Brad Pitt better in this or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I liked Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood much better. Okay. But I wish they would have given him more to do. Sure. Yeah, I understand that. All right. Yeah. This one was really, really hard for me. So I'm going to let you go first. What was your favorite moment? favorite moment i'm gonna have to go with uh the baboon scene okay because i I was i was truly reeling of where are they gonna go from here now yeah because i thought that they were just doing a trailer tease and then this this takes a hard you know left turn into something completely different and i was like oh okay here we are and then it went away from that went back on course but that's in the theater that's where where i was uh i was on the edge of my seat wondering what's next Okay. What about you? So I mentioned this earlier. I I really struggled because this movie was kind of just flat across the board, even though I thought it was good. So not a lot of peaks and valleys. So I struggled to go with one. But the more I thought about it, the more I I liked the revelation that there was no alien life out there. There's there's no future. There's no... I mean, they do kind of say there's planets out there that that might have it because they go through that clip show of all these planets. But that one really was sort of like, okay, they went a different route. There's no aliens controlling the ship. It wasn't aliens shooting the antimatter at us. Um, you know, there, there's no real hope that he can go back to earth or just 
keep going out into space, like in 2001, a space odyssey and, and, you know, become an advanced being or anything like that. It was just the harsh reality of there's nothing out there. Um, so that I like the concept of that. That was my favorite moment that reveal, but I just sorely wish they had done something with it. So he's not like event horizon and possessed and firing stuff at, at yeah. earth. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I like it, yeah. but I wish they had done more with it. And, and as I'm thinking about it, truly after seeing the entire movie, the baboon scene doesn't belong at all. No, it's, it, I think, I do think it's out of place. It just, it's random, random. You should, you should cut it now yeah. that I've seen the rest of it. But at the time I'm like, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. So I enjoyed it because I, again, I thought it was coming differently but hindsight is very random yeah i mean there's like three little action things here well four if you count the opener there's the opener there's the baboon there's the random moon pirates and then there's <laughs> yes. him once yes. he the gets moon back. pirates yeah then there's him when he gets back on the ship and like you know a benny hill music starts playing and the whole crew dies because they're trying to stop him which is just like i don't know they're all kind of clumsy in a way i mean they're they're cool conceptually but I don't know, just not done very well. So, yeah. What well, one thing would you change in this one? I said that for the story it was trying to tell, I think it needed more emotion. So if I'm going back into my well of what movies this is picking from, I felt like 2001 to me is a very awe-inspiring movie because of how grand it is and some of the concepts that it's tackling. And so you get that emotion. And then we talked about how Interstellar, you know, gets you in the feels a little bit with the father daughter relationship. So I feel like if you're going to tell this story, you got to have one or the other, you need to be inspired or this con this, this feeling of all, or you've got to like tug at the heartstrings a little bit. And this does neither. So if you're going to keep the story, you got to find a way to make it more emotional. Okay. I'm going a little different and I think okay. I've already mentioned it, but again, the end make, make Tommy's motivations or actions matter. Yeah. And I think that's, because for all they know, they could have had the entire crew out there and trying to fix it, and they could have blow, blown them all up. Again, it was, there is no conflict. Um, I think there should have been of some sort of... Yeah, I already mentioned it before, but I would add conflict to the final scene, I guess. Yep. To make it more interesting. Something's got to get in there. Emotion, yeah. conflict, whatever it is, I agree with you. Something's got to be there. So who'd you change? Who'd you get out of there? What casting oh. change are you making? I always try to make these somewhat relevant, and... In that case, I feel like your only two options were Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. And you say always, but you don't always make them relevant. Uh, That's the goal is to make it relevant. <laughs> sure, but you sure. don't always do that. I, I think we've both sandbagged a few <laughs> of these picks. But I clearly I thought Brad Pitt did a good job. I just didn't feel like this is gonna sound mean, but like Tommy Lee Jones isn't having a kid that looks like Brad Pitt. That's not happening. So like <laughs> the the idea of Tommy Just Lee Jones. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Does Tommy Lee Jones have kids? I don't know. It's really mean to say. I but... feel like that's that's really mean, and I feel like I want to look them up to see okay. if they could resemble Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, so maybe I should Pitt. say it maybe I should say it this way. There are other people out there who I feel <laughs> like would represent Brad Pitt's dad better on screen than Tommy Lee Jones. Let's just say that. So, so did you pick Robert Redford? That's exactly who I picked. <laughs> That's the layup. That's a layup for <laughs> picking Brad Pitt's dad. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing against Tommy Lee's acting or anything like that. Just like, yeah. I mean, those two should always be paired together. Like, if you sign Brad Pitt and he needs a father, well, you better be calling Robert Redford. It's the Redford Clause. Yeah, agreed. It should be there. In his contract. <laughs> yep. All right. So what'd you go with then? 
So I liked Tommy Lee Jones in this. I liked what he did. I just wish they would have given him more. I liked Brad Pitt. Uh, I went with Donald Sutherland. Okay. For for two reasons. One, it made me think of Space Cowboys because mm-hmm. they're already connected and that I couldn't get off that for a while. So I missed like half of what he was talking about. Uh, the other side is uh, I wanted it to be almost a, is this guy pulling my leg? Is this guy evil? You know, and have that kind of what's have ulterior motives. And while I think Donald can do that, I don't think he did. Well, okay, because um, you know my stance on Donald Sutherland. Like ever oh, since that he's the devil. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy cannot be trusted, and he's evil incarnate. So I think that if that's what you're going for, I think nobody better than Donald Sutherland. So I was like, how is he going to kill everybody on Mars? <laughs> See, and I and well, I knew you thought that way. I don't. I didn't get that from his performance in the movie. Okay. And so I took him out, and then I had to find someone of similar age that could be in space with Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. And um, I went with John Voight. Oh, yeah. I mean, John Voight comes across as more of like a scummy dirtbag, like bad yeah. guy. But I, I get it. I get it. But Donald Sutherland just pure evil. He it, true, but a, a different kind of evil. I thought, especially yeah. if you're not going to do it, at least it makes your mind think this guy's you know trying to screw Brad Pitt or his dad over. Yeah, and it kind of makes you think a little bit more about what's going on. Uh, because nothing else happened, so I was trying to add some more conflict by just casting somebody who looks like he's going to screw him over. <laughs> I, I get it. I, I see. <laughs> John Voight's got the more weaselly approach to like, yeah. being the bad guy. Okay. Sure. All right. So what award are you giving this movie? This this is hard for me. Yep, I agree. Um, And I, I, I was trying... I was trying to... Uh, to cycle through because I was very fixated on, on one scene alone. Um, and I went with most, uh, out of place baboon scene. <laughs> okay. I, I don't even know if, did you at least do a little bit of research to see what other baboon scenes could be? Uh, well, um, I went with, uh, ape scene first and then okay. realized baboons were not apes. Um, okay. they're more monkeys. Cause I was trying to go with, uh, like Congo, mm-hmm. uh, going evil, uh, are, are they in some sort of group together? Apes and monkeys. Oh man, I don't I know. You're testing, them all you're testing my knowledge here. I have no idea. Some species there. Okay. No, it was just it was so out of place. Uh, and, I, and I've gone through a lot of those monkey <laughs> slash apes movies, okay. and, and this was just more out of place and random. So I'm just supposed to trust your expertise. Now I get. I I'm not going to argue that this thing is not random. I'm just curious as to what other baboon scenes we are up against in this but i i totally agree that it was just out of left field most are most have have a purpose sure and this one did not okay well i (laughs) went with the most uninspiring space movie since 2013 and i put 2013 because that's when gravity came out so as i kind of thought back through martian interstellar gravity some of the other space movies that have been out there i just it, it may even go back further than that. I just didn't want to test my limits on that. So you think gravity was less inspired than this? Uh, no, I think gravity was more inspiring than this. Cause that, so I, it, it'd go past that then. Sure. I'm just saying I could only definitively go back to 2013. So yeah, maybe there's a 2012 space movie that's completely lame. I mean, there's a lot of space movies. Yeah, but I think when we say this, that... You you obviously have to like compare it with like does the predator count? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, so okay, that's so very me, uninspired. Yeah, but to me that 
that that's less about space and more about the predator. I mean, these other movies are very, very space oriented. So I, I think you know what I'm so saying. So what you're trying to say is this question sucked for the both of us <laughs> yes. and we need to move on to our next one. I think that's exactly what we're saying. <laughs> so I'm All sure right. you know where I'm going with this one. Well, I think we have the same one because how can you not? Well, I don't know because you questioned my comparison okay. to this earlier. If you like this, then you liked what? I would say Interstellar because I think oh. this was trying to go for something similar in so many ways and Interstellar just flat out does it better. Okay. So if you like this, I don't see how you would not like Interstellar. Truthfully, like, and sometimes we say this and we're like, well, it's because Interstellar is a good movie. Well, yes, right. it is. You went from a three star to a five star movie. Right. But, but at the same time, I also genuinely feel like, like truthfully, if you liked this somehow that like those themes are just done better in Interstellar. So you should genuinely like apply that and it should work. Uh, well, I agree. You should like Interstellar. Uh, <laughs> I went something a little bit closer. Okay. And we just, just mentioned it. I think you would like Gravity because Gravity is a better movie than this. Yeah. Especially in IMAX because yeah. that's uh, IMAX and space movies just are awesome. And Sandra did amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of like the the human connection kind of thing, but there is trying to like get back home aspect, which which does work. I will say, Gravity takes a major hit watching it on TV. I mean, that the first watch was a five star experience for me in IMAX 3D, and then I watched it at home after it came out. I'm like, God, this is like three stars, three and a half. And I again, it's not because of the movie necessarily; it's just that, that format was so perfect for it. But if you added Moon Pirates to Gravity, <laughs> would that would that bump it up? Of course, it would. <laughs> I don't know. The Moon Pirates are pretty weak in this, I will say. But <laughs> All right. Well, that right. was Ad Astra, huh? Yeah, that was Ad Astra. And next week, oh boy, the Joker. That's next week already? Yes. We are on the Joker. Countdown clock. I know, man. This this could be a make or break for the whole rest of the year, I think. If we walk away disappointed from the Joker, I'm I'm going to have disappointment for the rest of the year, I think just, I, I don't know. This has got to be yeah. one that hits for me. There's not much that, uh, to look forward to for the rest of the year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we have star Wars. Yeah. We got star Wars at the end of the year, but this is, this is going to be a bridge. Yeah. Well, we do have 21 bridges to look forward to later. If you want to, that's what I was looking forward to. <laughs> God. <laughs> we All right. cannot watch that movie. Wait, we are can't? we? Uh, no, I don't. I do not want to watch it. I've seen too many trailers. I I'm going to have to see it, but I just don't think we're going to talk about it on the podcast. I feel like we need to now. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G R A F F. All right. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G A R R E T T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials at at Two Views Movies, or email us at Two Views Movies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And that's it. We will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both?